You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from the week that was talking Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and more. And, of course, a shout-out to our streaming partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let's bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I am doing great. So great, in fact, I got to introduce the third member of this team. (laughs) And that's who? Who? (laughs) Who? Who? The one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. Yes. That nickname may have to change soon. Yeah. I I talked about this off air, but I may or may not be writing an email to Conan that – and he may actually say my name out loud, so we'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. Let's see. <laughs> we will only see. And then you have to come up with a new nickname. I know. I know. That's that's I'm, uh, that's I'm why I'm like that's the down, I mean, is nervously the mentioning yeah. this. It's like I don't know what I'm going to do if that happens. Like, you got, you got <laughs> to. We can't, just, we can't just not do it then. I mean, there's yeah. a whole thing. We got to rehearse it. Like, you just, I know. I mean. I know. Yeah. It'll be a big milestone, but it, if it yeah. happens, I mean, it, it hasn't happens. even happened yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> we are excited to be with all of you uh, this week. A super packed show. And I say I always know I say this and I always know that I say I always know that I say this, but uh, really big waves in the world of professional wrestling over the past week. And we are just in July and so much has happened, but we are going to be covering the big stories, of course, talking just about, week. yes, just yeah, this week. This week was Back crazy. In, you know, the big things happening in Ring of Honor, ROH, WWE. And if you don't think the shockwaves that are happening in WWE have anything to do with Lucha Libre, you are incorrect because we'll be talking about that later about what what the big news from WWE really means uh, for the future of uh, of Lucha Libre and of course all of your other favorite promotions we're going to be talking about on this week's show so much to to cover so let's get started with news of the week with Brendan 
Awesome. Yeah, so also that has happened recently, San Diego Comic-Con came back, and I know so many people here are just like, what does that have to do with anything? Just like I did. Like, I was telling people off-air, I regret not going because of all of the Lucha-centric news that happened down there. Uh, (laughs) But uh, so Mass Republic was down there. They had their own booth. Kevin was making announcements. He was taking pictures with stars of uh, 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 both wrestling and the end, the rest of the entertainment industry. And uh, and uh, you know we meet and greets had had fights break out. If you don't know the news on that, Brody King does not leave uh, the event. Does not leave Brody King when he's out in, in at a meet and greet. Apparently, that's uh, uh, our our monster there. Uh, but. Uh, while at Comic-Con, Mass Republic announced a board game partnership. And I have the tweet up, but Dusty, do you, did you have anything you want? You you kind of were on top of this more than me, did you? Yeah, it's a Sinalucha series. I believe the first game being released has Lady Maravilla and Super Astro. And yes. it's kind of a tabletop D&D-style game. But what's really cool about this is Kevin Kleinrock, the you know the guy that's kind of behind all this, he said that he specifically wanted a game that was one to two players so that you could play it by yourself. Because growing up, he didn't have anybody to play D&D with. It was something he was really interested in, but he just didn't have any friends that were into the same things at the same time. And so that was very important to him. Such a cool touch. The artwork on these games is just incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, fabulous mm-hmm. artwork. And they're going to expand it with more decks, more luchadors, more games. It's this is just the beginning. And yeah. It, yeah. It's I think it's gonna be a really fun experience and fun gaming platform for people to kind of expand the a lot of us have friends that are into tabletop games, but maybe not into Lucha Libre. But this is the way you kind of introduce them to that. And right. Especially some of the Mexican luchadors, the, the movie things, the Blue Demon and Santo. Think about those old movies. That fits in so well with some of the tabletop gaming themes and the, mm-hmm. you know, mummies, oh, yeah. vampires, zombies. It's so cool. I'm looking, I'm looking at the, uh, the press release and yeah, that part of it is super cool. So, the uh, the box art does say that it is featuring La- Lady Marvy and Super Astro. However, I also can see a Solar figure on the board, so I'm I'm super excited for this. But the example of of monsters that you fight, the minions, you have a mummy and a werewolf, and then the theme of the box set is Dracula and the Martians. Oh so, wow! <laughs> right? Sounds amazing. Every archetype in. <laughs> Yeah, all the stuff I like. Yeah. yeah. So the bullet points, one to two player cooperative play, as Dusty mentioned, Kevin kind of expanded as to why they made that choice. Uh, There's going to be two unique box sets, so I'm not sure what that means. Uh, The one box, I've only seen the one box here, and it says Dracula and the Martian, so maybe there are two sets that you can mix or not, depending on your flavor, but... um, and then you choose your heroes, and you uh, you use their signature moves to defeat monsters. So you've got Solar's deck here. He's got a move called Going In Hot. He's got a, a second win card. This just looks exciting. Um, you know, and, and to Dusty's point, a lot of people didn't have – like, there are a lot of people I know – now and growing up that had that were into the concept of of tabletop role playing games 
and much like me, they have the same basic rule, which is I'm not going to buy it if I don't have anybody to play it with. Uh, the, the one player option on that means that you don't have that excuse. So, uh, you can, you can play it all you want. And, uh, I've played, I've played a lot of these, this style of tabletop games with just the one player. They're super fun. So I'm really, really excited for this. The company making it is called Blacklist Games, LLC. Uh, they are, um, they, they seem to be putting a lot of time and effort into doing, uh, adaptations of, of popular products on there. They have, uh, popular video games and, and, uh, movie stars and other things that all have their own game adaptation on their website. So this fits right in with their library. It's probably going to be, uh, something that they're going to, uh, to really push. That's fall of 2022. So that's right around the corner. Like Kevin was waiting until he could, he could really hook people with this before he brought it out. So super exciting. Oh, also on the tweet, Frankenstein's monster. So, I mean, if you did, if, if vampires and Martians wasn't enough for you, there's also mummies, werewolves and Frankenstein's monster. Like, come on. I, I need. <sighs> <laughs> yes, this is what we need. Like, and and you know, I mean, I, stuff's still developmental, but like, this would be a great ah. concept for a lucha movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm oh, don't get me started, Dusty. We're gonna go down the <laughs> lucha movie route again. I want one. Give me one. one. <sighs> I went back and watched the new. uh the new Mil Mascaras movies, like the Curse of the Mummy and the, the ones that they did that wound up getting released directly to YouTube up here in the States. And they're still amazing. Yeah. Still amazing. I, I have one of the Mil Mascaras movies <laughs> on DVD and it's the case is like obliterated. I bet I've watched it literally a hundred times. <laughs> Harley Race is in it. It's incredible. <sighs> oh, anyway. Uh, yeah, so, so we're just gonna put that into the universe. Luchador movie, as Lucha Libre gets more and more popular. Speaking of Lucha Libre getting more and more popular, they also, post Comic Con, Master Public announced that they are releasing slot machines, which will feature several luchadors. Such as, again, Solar and Super Astro, Mathematico, Psychosis, Ultimo Dragon, Mascarita Dorada, Dragon Lee, Felino Jr., and Laredo Kid. So it's going to be, you know, I, I, for those of you who haven't been to Vegas either ever or in the last 20 or so years, it's going to be the big video style machine. So you're going to have big effects. I'm sure if you hit something, if you hit a big jackpot, you're going to see Solar twist somebody up in the Solar special, and I'm I'm here for it. Like, I... I'm going to lose so much money when these hit my local casino. Uh, they look awesome. <laughs> they do. They look Ru- really impressive. Ruben uh, showed me a preview video about a month ago before most of the animation was added in. Just the luchadors were in it, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of show proof of concept to Mass Republic. But you can't imagine. Like, if you're a lucha fan, these are the first Lucha Libre slot machines. First ever wrestling slot machine mm-hmm. ever. There's never been a wrestling slot machine. Like, so cool. That seems like a mistake, but, you know. Doesn't it? Yeah. Like, you think there's some intersection of casino fans and wrestling fans. Thanks for leaving that door open to us, WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, you guys could have made a lot of money on a Hulkamania or Greg the Hammer Valentine slot machine. And- oh, yeah. See, that money just takes itself right there. I mean, the stack yeah. of the Million Dollar Man doesn't have one. Oh, my God, yes! <laughs> nope, Luchadors got in there first. Mass Re- Republic, specifically. Yeah, Kevin so. did it first. Yeah. Yeah. He's got Kevin and Ruben. We yeah, can't understand. We yeah. can't understand Ruben's involvement since he's no. the one that told us about this. Yeah, Ruben's like <laughs> a behind-the-scenes guy compared to Kevin. But, yeah, they're – what an amazing team. Right? Oh, I'm super excited about this. I don't like gambling. Uh, I went down for Expo Lucha in Vegas, and I had a I had a, a $20 budget for gambling. And I was upset when I started making money and I couldn't – I had to take my money home with me. So <laughs> – I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Um, anyway, I'm going to move on with other news here. Uh, in, in the bizarre CMLL doesn't even follow their own rules news, they held a press conference with Big Lucha uh, and a couple of other promotions. But the reason why this is weird to me is those of you who remember, uh, Big Lucha is a promotion that's owned by Bandito, who they kind of fired a year ago. And, and was, you know, quite probably going to, you know, wind up with, with, uh, the more of that blacklisting stuff we keep talking about. Like when the Forbidden Door was really, is really having CMLL and AAA on the same show. But here they are. Um, and then at the press conference, they announced that they're going to have, uh, a special th- show on Thursday, 819 at the Arena Coliseum. Which is going to honor among a uh, honor Tiger Mask and have a, a very large roster of, of very impressive wrestlers. Uh, what they've announced for the main event is a tag team tournament featuring Averno and Mephisto uh, against Tiger Mask and a Luchador Supresa uh, against Rocky Romero and Robbie Eagles. And also Skyade and Aeroboy. So like just from that main event alone, you were getting such an overdose of modern and, and uh, legendary lucha talent. And we even have a, a luchador surpresa in there. Like the ultimate luchador always is the surpresa. So super exciting. Although again, it's kind of confusing because CMLL. I, to me, this further proves my theory that New Japan was the one that was honoring the new the CMLL agreement during the Forbidden Door, and because CMLL seems to to forget when they're enforcing these things and when they're not. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of CMLL, they also announced the Grand Prix will be returning. Uh, so that's also going to be on eight nineteen. Well, not also going to be. That's going to be on eight nineteen. Oh no, that is that's the same day. Interesting enough. Um, this is a Wednesday, so all things wrestling will, news will happen on Wednesdays, it seems. They've announced two teams of seven, Team Mexico, Team World. Team Mexico is going to feature Ultimo Guerrero, Volador Jr., Titan, Stuka Jr., Atlantis Jr., Sobranario Jr., and Templario. And then Team World. And Team World will, of course, feature Tiger Mask, Matt Taven, Lince Dorado, friend of the show, Robbie Eagles, Rocky Romero, Kenny King, of uh, recently of, of uh, LFI fame, so that's one to keep an eye on, and Oraculo. 
So quite the lineup. Uh, Dusty, I know you're a huge Tiger Mask, Mark. So are you excited for this? I am. And <laughs> I, I tell you, at first I was like, that's exciting and kind of random. But then Cubs fan over at LuchaBlog.com, he had a pretty good description that most people that go and most people, you know, that kind of watch CMLL, they don't realize that it's not Sayama, the original Tiger Mask mm. from way back in the day. And so, like, they're they're getting the character there more than the wrestler there. But it's cool. I love Tiger Mask. And, I mean, love oh, all yeah. the different Tiger Mask gimmicks. It was so cool when I was a kid to see Tiger Mask on WWF, like an old video and stuff. I just, yeah, the excitement's still there. I'm excited for it. And it shows that they're working on that kind of Japan-Mexico exchange which they're, has really happened since the pandemic they're rebuilding it uh there were mm-hmm. there are other reasons why um, C- that cubs fan was speculating on i'm not going to go into too much detail on it let's just say it has a lot to do with wrestlers signing different contracts or saying they're signing different contracts but yeah so but they're definitely working on rebuilding it now hopefully that means we get to see a CMLL loaded Fantastico Mania soon. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Fantastico Mania. <laughs> so good. I might have some bootleg Blu-rays of that. I mean, <laughs> it's really good. You can also catch a lot of Fantastico Mania on New Japan World, which I know a lot of American fans are already subscribing to. Uh, or you can go out into the deep waters, but uh, you know, we we can only endorse that so much on this show. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, that's my news of the week. I'm trying to keep this brief because we've got other huge stories coming up. So also we're going to do the Indie Roundup. And I was amused by this that for some reason the news cycle covered this story. So I'm going to cover it because, gosh darn it, if I can't talk about Defy Wrestling when everybody's talking about Defy Wrestling, then what the heck. But uh last week at... uh the Defy, where Defy the World, Defy, the World is Yours. Uh, on night two of that two night event, Swerve Strickland and Christopher Daniels won the Defy Tag Team Championships from the Bollywood Boys, who you might remember from the WWE recently, unless you're in the Pacific Northwest and then you've always known about the Bollywood Boys because they were one of the most over tag teams of the last like five years. Uh, so congrats on that. Swerve, as you, as many of you will remember, was a big part of Lucha Underground. So he still meets my minimum requirements to be talked about once in a while. And goodness gosh, Defy Wrestling is right here in my backyard. So I always will talk about them. We interviewed Matt Farmer, who's one of the big names behind the scenes at Defy Wrestling uh, a while back. So you can listen to, to kind of a little bit about what Defy is about if you don't know. I do believe he mentioned some of his history with Swerve in there as well. So uh, there you go. But that is all I'm going to do for the Indie Roundup. Once again, I will I will throw this out there. If you are a fan, if you are a wrestler, if you are just some random guy on the Internet who wants to get hear his name shouted out, send me your links to Lucha Independent Wrestling Content, and we will put it on the air. We will shout it out. Whatever you, whatever is uh, going to work for the, the good of the show, and we are always excited to hear from you. We love our independent wrestling on this show. Uh, so there we are. That's the news of the week. 
and the Indie Roundup all in uh, one quick blurting second segment. All right, thank you so much, Brendan, for this week's news of the week and the Indie Roundup. Up next, it's that time. We're going to kick it off to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite Luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. As always, a very big thank you to Denise Salcedo bringing us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. All right, let's get into the nitty gritty of it. We are going to start off this week with some AAA news. Dusty's going to give us a quick rundown of Verano de Escandalo. Yeah, Verano de Escandalo coming up. Saturday, August 5th. Don't want to miss that. We talked about it more in detail last week. 
but the card that's at least advertised, <clears throat> excuse me, so far is Phoenix, Pentagon Jr., and Taya in a mini Perros del Mall reunion teaming up against Il del Vikingo, Black Taurus, and Cheek Tormenta. Then there's an A, Triple A, rather, World Trios Championship, the championship team of La Empresa, made up of Puma King, DMT Azul, and friend of the show, Mr. Sam Adonis, will be facing Nueva Generacion Dinamita. That's Sanson, Cuatrero, and Forestero. Next is another trios matchup of Psycho Clown, Pagano, and Charlie Manson versus Psychosis, Cybernetico, and Abismo Negro Jr., then we have the four-way dream match. Laredo Kid versus Willie Mack versus Bandito versus Johnny Caballero. Going to be a hot match. Look for that one to be a show of stealer. Next up, we have the Apuestas match, hair versus hair, between Lady Shawnee and Io del Tarantes. And finally, we have Mr. Iguana, Aramis, and Nino Amburguesa teaming up with Microman. To go up against Jesse Diva Savaje and Dolce Canella. It's such a packed card. Going to be such an amazing show. Definitely check that one out. It's on fight. You're definitely going to regret it if you don't see it. I think the people are going to be talking about. Especially that four-way dream match in the main event. With the Mini Peros reunion against Vikingo Torres Chic Tementa. I think that's going to be a big deal i think we're going to see a lot of international news on that one and you're going to want to see it live so check it out all right and does it where can uh, uh our listeners find it, it, on it yes it's on fight i believe it's a ten dollar show but it might be twenty dollars i can't remember uh, I- it could also be 14. We, we will confirm for you real quick. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but Fight TV, uh, where you can watch Verano de Escandolo. And when you purchase it on Fight, that means you keep it as well. So then you'll yep. be able to see it anytime you like. Yeah, I was just reviewing my uh, my history because uh, uh, there was a certain pay-per-view that I had to, uh, to watch in history rather than uh, – when it was live, I was very sad. Okay. Uh, there we go. Just confirm. We will come <laughs> back to that in a yeah, minute. Swing um, back to yeah, it. Don't we'll worry. Swing back to that. But let's go into Ring of Honor, which is a promotion we haven't talked about in quite a while, at least is on, on its own. But a uh, very big weekend. Um, for Ring of Honor and specifically uh, a few big matches uh, that Lucha Libre fans uh, may have been had having their eye on. Yeah, first up, well, I mean, big news, Claudio Castagnoli, he defeated Jonathan Gresham. Pretty exciting match. I'd say probably the third best match on the card, my personal taste. Uh, but that's not to knock the match. It was fantastic. Afterwards, he gets in a shouting match with Tony Khan and leaves Ring of Honor and maybe wrestling forever. Everything is still up in the air as we're recording this, but it's looking like he's <laughs> either taking a break or maybe a retirement. It'll be interesting. We'll see what comes of it. Then we also had the main event of the show. We're going to jump around. We'll get to the to the meat of the discussion in a minute but we the main event we had ftr versus the briscoes in a two out of three falls match and 
Oh my gosh, this was genuinely a match of the year contender. So yeah. good. It went on. I didn't take notes on the time for this one, but it was over 40 minutes long. I mean, it, it like really. 40, yeah, 45 ish yeah. minutes. It, it got so much time. It had time to breathe. It just, it was so good and it kept it at a level. We talk about 40 plus minutes, nearly 45 minutes. The, the level that they started at and kept consistently was insane. The athleticism was incredible. We just mm-hmm. saw so much and yeah, just, it, it so felt this like was a, a real two out of three falls. Yeah, it did. This was a two out of three falls match, but this was much more like a Lucha Libre two out of three falls match. The pacing on it worked very similarly. Uh, you, you're, the storytelling worked on it very, like you hadn't, but after the first fall and the way they moved, transition into the second fall, I was biting. I was like, how is FTR gonna, to come back? Like, cause especially since the announcers had sold the fact that the Briscoes, the majority of the time they've been in two out of three falls matches, they sweep. They go, they win the first two and it's done. So I was, I was in, I was in on that and I was biting on it and they managed to, to swing that around. Second fall followed a, a very typical lucha pace as well. Like this is the best lucha tag team match I have seen and it's not in a lucha libre promotion uh, this year. I should, I should be very careful with that. There's still yeah. some tag team matches, uh, lucha that I have seen that are, are better than this, but this year, last year, yeah. uh, I, this is one of the best lucha tag match I've seen. And, and, and uh, it just really shows that like FTR is really uh, doing what they can to, to advance the style of tag team wrestling in general. So, and, and they are triple A champions. So that means we could see something like this good on triple A TV at some point. Yeah. I would be shocked if we don't see something very high caliber and, kind of top shelf from FTR at Triple Mania. Like, we know mm-hmm. that's where they're showing up, is Triple Mania. And I, I think that the match they put on, we, we think we've seen a couple of match of the year contenders from FTR already, but I think when they get down to Mexico, they could really deliver such a hot crowd for mm-hmm. Triple Mania in Mexico. And they mm-hmm. love the crowd. They love that in-the-moment thing. And I think that it can really push them to be more than they've even shown us already, which they just having the best run, the most incredible run. Yeah. And the, they had a great spot in the match where the Briscoes did double camel clutches and they locked hands like they did at that NXT match against DIY. It kind of threw back to that. Just yeah. so much emotion and, and yeah, just a fantastic match. I cannot recommend this match. So the whole pay-per-view was really incredible, but this was easily the, you know, the match of the night. And as much as I wanted the the next match we're going to talk about to be the match tonight, like this was clearly, I mean, on just another level. Even when they were in, I mean, when they were in NXT and WWE, everybody was like, yeah, you know, the revival, very cool. But they weren't what they are now. It's just so. Mm-hmm. 
we talk about the effortlessness of people like Phoenix and Vikingo, but they are effortless in a different way, and it's so believable and so authentic, and everything they do has such a stamp of authenticity that you buy in with FTR, and I just yeah. cannot say enough good things about them or this match. It was really great. And but we're short, you know, not short, but limited on time. So I will move on. Next <laughs> up, we had Rouge versus Dragon Lee and their first ever singles match. Ever. Brother versus brother. First ever, ever singles mm-hmm. match ever, ever, anywhere in the whole world. <laughs> Nobody's ever gotten this match. Except and, in Bestia's backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, growing up, they had this match and, and nobody knew just what we were going to get it was easily the second best match i if it hadn't been it was the best singles match i had seen Mm -hmm. until dynamite this week but just so good and for a non-title match to be that good and crack a spot that high on the card is such a rarity and it really is a testament to the ability of roosh and dragon lee Especially, like, we had no build for this. It was officially put on the card one day before the show. It dropped during AEW Rampage on Friday night. Mm-hmm. That was all the more build we had for it. But everything, the emotional investment was so big immediately. They started out with a hug instead of the Ring of Honor handshake because they're brothers. That's how they show respect to each other. Mm-hmm. Such a cool thing. And but after that, they proceeded to have one of the hardest-hitting lucha matches the United States has ever gotten to see on pay-per-view. So good. They have a similar presence, I guess, to the Lucha Brothers with Dragon Lee hitting the high-flying spots and Roosh being the grounded mm-hmm. physical wrestler. But their style is so much different and so much more unique. And it just felt more physical and more legitimate and less choreographed than some of the Lucha Bros brother versus brother matches felt at times. I was a little disappointed with the placement on the card. This was early in the card. I believe it was right before the women's match. Yes. And, yeah, I mean, it just felt like it was kind of stuck in. Well, the late announcement and everything, it just felt like they realized they had this in their back pocket and they could use it. But it it felt so spur of the moment that it was unusual. Yes, that was one of the things that I I found – to to your earlier point, like to them announcing it on Friday before the pay-per-view worked because they, like you said, they had this in their back pocket. This is the first mm-hmm. time ever. The storytelling is, does you don't need a big build because this is well, the whole. And Arusha had yeah. a huge build in pre-Tony Khan Ring of Honor. Like yeah. for people yes. that were fans yes. before Tony, this is a natural match on the card. But, but then. You, you, uh, you do also have a point that they didn't do, they didn't do enough with it, uh, after that. They didn't put it higher up on the card. They didn't, they didn't, uh, really kind of emphasize that that was going to be a match of the night. Cause it right. truly was. I think was if it had happened after Dynamite this week, yeah. they would have easily put it, you know, next to last or opening match. Somewhere yeah. of significance, but I mean, yeah, it just felt disappointing that they didn't get a better platform, especially for Dragon Lee. Although I guess him not being signed to the company could maybe have affected his a little bit. Yeah, his placement <laughs> in it. And 
But since we're hinting to it, I'll just kind of roll on into it with AEW <laughs> on Dynamite Wednesday night. The opening match of the night was Mox versus Roosh. And, and holy shit, what a match. Roosh is easily the star of the week this week. I, I, I kind of hate to say that because he was already a star. We know Roosh is a star. But this was an American-making star. They finally gave it to American fans. Yeah. 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 And, and he... I mean, you talk about people grabbing the brass ring. Roosh grabbed that brass ring. He's one of the best in the world, literally best, one of the best in the world. And seeing him get the chance to show that off on national American TV like this was just incredible. He attacked Moxley before the bell ever rang. We had some incredible wrestling from both, incredible heel work from Roosh. He even grabbed the camera cable and choked Moxley with it. It's an all-weight standby, too. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, such a great <laughs> spot. We had a ref distraction by Jose. Andrade runs down to shove John Moxley off the top rope. Then Penta and Phoenix ran in to chase off Andrade through the crowd. Afterwards, Moxley got the bulldog hooked in and picked up the win. But Roosh was literally the most legitimate title challenger in AEW that hasn't won the title. Never so that, has a challenger looked this good. That's where what the, that's my biggest nitpick with this match is that they didn't they do again. It's a last minute announcement. Uh, it's with a, a faction that has not established themselves as true stars and upper card guys. So like at no point was your casual fan actually thinking that Roosh had a chance of winning this. Yeah. And uh that's that's a shame. They Well, like, I I do you know. think they did this as a way to give John Moxley a credible competitor. Um Yeah. They were they but, fed they fed the new guy to Oh Moxley. yeah, yeah. They fed, you know, because at this point too, you know, it, it's they don't really have anyone truly set up as the next big contender for Moxley, and, and they, they really haven't. Um, well, they're just going to be in a holding pattern until yeah. Punk I yeah, mean, that's they're, they're of, all, that's yeah. exactly it. They they don't know what they want to do because he's not even the champion. He's the interim champion, and he has to hold on to that belt until Punk comes back. So, mm-hmm. I it, which I don't agree with. I think that if he were to lose that belt and then have to to chase it back just in time for Punk to come back, it would be a better story than him running up against. Especially since they they're feeding guys like Roosh to him, and so. To Dusty's point, he looked like a star come all the way in, but then he he lost in the opening match. Now, yeah. so nobody's gonna care as much as they could have, uh, and that's just frustrating and disappointing. But it seems uh, like we, I mean, and we've given Tony Khan a pass a lot with things <laughs> because he's got the reputation of well, he he likes good wrestling. You know, like yeah. good wrestling. But we've had enough dynamite now that it's clear he has his preferences. Mm-hmm. And Lucha well, just hold on. isn't. Well, we, we've established this for a long time well, know, that but... he's he's been in love with New Japan and did things for New Japan that he has not done for any other promotion that's that he's true. worked for. It's so very true. That's been well, well, well established. The, 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 it's, during it's the biased. early days of Forbidden Door, we really were discovering that, like the. Well, and how, even how yeah. one way that relationship was. A hundred percent. And even seeing like just, you know, the original attempt at the forbidden door with impact, you know, mm-hmm. his, his, that's uh, what I was, yeah, referencing. Yeah. There. The, the, the yeah. briefness. I mean, he's utilized triple A guys and, or, you know, referenced them or utilized luchadors and has a, a, 
you know, I agree, uh, uh, a fondness for good wrestling, but he just seems to think the best wrestling is that strong style wrestling. Yeah. Period. That's, just that's not a, as into lucha as we, yeah, as we yeah. are. I mean, he doesn't, yeah. you know. <laughs> Obviously, as we yeah. are. We, we kind of represent a little bit of the extreme side of the, but the even, fandom. But even then, I remember, you know, the big long speech about, you know, referees and the issues there. And he kind oh. of references, you know, understanding lucha rules and matches. But also that wasn't the end of be alls to why there was still issues with you know, referee calls, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, because it's a trios match or because, you know, Lucha rules is like, no, that's not how this works, too. <laughs> so no. I think that there's been times where when it's convenient to talk about that and, and bring it up, it comes. But the the what he's shown us through, you know, who he signs and utilizes and puts higher on the card and develops mm-hmm. things around is a very specific type of wrestling that, you know, leans more to to Japanese, to strong style. Well, so verifiably, Andrade can do that. Um, I would say Roosh probably can, too. I don't we don't have as much time with him in Japan. So maybe just maybe we will get a chance to to see them do something with that. But. Uh, first, we got to get over this obsession with with Moxley and <laughs> in particular because. Well, yeah, uh, and, let, and let me face, let me also add a, a a note to that strong style and anyone who just got fired from WWE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or or is willing to drink and smoke with Tony. Drink? Uh, it's you're drinking White uh, Claws. Yeah, White Claws <laughs> and Reefer. <laughs> I've done much cooler I, things than that. I did, much cooler people. I, I just did, like for the record. Yeah. I'm not gonna name names, but oh yeah, that, I know, I know some of the names you're thinking of, but <laughs> uh, I did see that also at the ROH pay per view was somebody had a sign that said, "Hey TK, drink a White Claws with me." So the secret is getting out. Uh, <laughs> To be fair, I love White Claws. White Claws oh, are refreshing, uh, low I, calorie. They yeah. don't, you know. You get to hydrate them. while you're drinking, yeah, which is yeah. just so crazy. It's talk. a great selection. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but anyways. I, I just, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, and I mentioned Britt Baker, so it's only fair that I mentioned the current women's champion, Thunder Rosa. She defeated Miyu Yamashita. I had really high expectations for this match, especially after how great the opening match between Roosh and Mox was. Mm-hmm. But this match wasn't it. I just felt like it lacked that. I don't know, that special thing. It did not deliver on the promise that these two wrestlers being in the ring together again kind of, I, well, yeah, that we were led to expect. It just couldn't deliver on that or didn't. And we've talked about this before, but it's not something I can clearly point to and describe. But ever since they delayed pulling the trigger on Thunder Rose's wind at Revolution, everything else has felt flat. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like her run is missing something. The matches with Tony, the Tony Storm. And I just. I'm. Yeah. yeah, I'm just going to say that the, 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 it no longer feels authentic. They held it too long. 
So the fans that were emotionally invested in it now are only kind of invested in it because they remember feeling right. good about it at one point. And, and that means that the crowd reaction is low. You could have a legit match of the night contention match, which I, Thunder Rosa is capable of anytime she steps into the ring. Absolutely. Uh, and, and you would still have an emotional disconnect that would probably reduce that match in your mind to being less than another match on the card because it's not as important to you anymore. Well, and I oh. also think it's that they haven't set up, uh, you're not invested in whoever the next challenger is too because That's, they yeah. don't take enough time to develop the story. I think that the mm-hmm. one thing that works so well with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, even though it was truly a year long, they weaved in and out of it is that there was true, you could feel the energy, the tension mm-hmm. between them, mm-hmm. you know, like very visceral anger between them. Um, yeah, and that's that, that authenticity. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, and, that and, translated so well in the ring. But Absolutely. so here's my question: Is who, who on the roster would you do that with? And the the answer doesn't does not come immediately screaming to mind. No, you know. No, and and that's why they haven't. Yeah, they got to bring that in. That's our answer to everything. That's the answer to everything. Well, it's because it's the right answer. How do you fix the cruiserweight division bringing Taya? How do you fix Seriously, like, I I would be so psyched to see Taya just come in and raise hell, tear through a men's cruiserweight division. But, you know, also the thing is, is that, again, you know, there's this preference of, you know, one, the shiny new toy, whoever's the newest signee of the moment, and then Uh kind of the regulars that have been, um, you know, very much uh, on top of his list. Now, I will say on the women's division side, there has been, I think, a lot more media attention that then translates more, I think, into in-ring attention to Jade Cargill. And mm-hmm. having kind of these two champions juxtapose like that, I think that that has created some of that spotlight on Thunder Rosa is currently taken up by Jade. And it's hard to deny it, too. No. You know, Jade, no. Has a, Jade is such a yeah, bigger than life presence. personality. Yeah. 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 Her, her pet presence, her personality, the way that she's on the mic. And, and I don't know if it's a chicken or egg situation of saying, well, she's like that because she gets the airtime. And Thunder Rosa doesn't, or she gets the airtime because she's that. You know, I, I think it is she very got, hard to yeah. to decipher between the two because you could see the reason in both. She had that aura and that presence before they gave her a belt. I felt like they they added a second women's title because they wanted her to have a bigger spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was obvious that she needed a bigger spotlight even before that. Like the wrestling. Is um is pretty much a secondary thing because she is nowhere near as good a wrestler as Burke Baker or Thunder Rosa. Correct. No, but <laughs> she's but her look and her physical presence. We've talked about how important look is. Yeah, and and, I mean, and her, the the aura, the mystique, like she yeah. walks out and you know something. She has it. Yeah. She has star yeah. yes. factor, yes. which is why she needed a belt. Absolutely. So I I think that. I don't view it as much as a chicken and egg thing. I think they put a belt on her because she was going to overshadow the women's champion no matter what. And so put a belt on her and that will make things a little easier for the other champions to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's an interesting situation. And, and, Mentioned everybody was so invested in Thunder Rosa during the Britt Baker feud. We all wanted to see her win, and now they've 
not yeah. given her any um, she has no traction as a champion. There's no depth yeah. to her championship. There's just no, yeah. It's the same it, issue it, with Moxley. Like, it's the same issue, right? Mm-hmm. So it they is. have a problem. They just there. have an issue with champions. Yeah. 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 That are, and especially uh, when they have to do something, yeah, outside of like their original plan. And, and of course, Britt Baker being friends with Tony, you see how much they came up with for her. Yeah. And, but, but not as much for Thunder Rosa. But so some of that is is uh, is not AEW's fault. Some of that is Britt Baker had a resource. She plumbed that resource, kept saying, I want to do bigger and bigger things. I, here's what I want to do and laid it out. Because, yeah. I mean, we'll get to this when we talk about the news for the WWE. But there's, you know, there's only so much that, you know, the, the promoter is going to do for you. you there's, there's a moment where you have to say – I need to do something bigger. I need to. And Rosa clearly did that. I'm not going to undersell that at all because she. Well, and he bought her out of her NWA contract. That's so how we going to see. That's how I knew she her. did it. Right. Like he yeah. he was so enamored he with what she was her. doing that he bought that contract out. So she did that, too. But that's, uh, you know, that, that there is. There's that's that's the missing element for some of the way. And if anybody wants to go on about Britt Baker getting a lot more push, a lot of it is because Britt Baker has never stopped believing in herself and has yeah. access to a lot of, of resources to continue to reinvent herself. So or push whatever direction she's going. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. Guys, don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com for all of your results uh, for AEW, Ring of Honor, AAA, all of that you can find on LuchaCentral.com. But there's a lot more that you can find on LuchaCentral.com as well. Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find? Well, yeah. So if you're listening to this and and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. You can find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. It's a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of this, it's free. LuchaCentral.com is your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Well, a very big week in the WWE. Not even a full week, but (laughs) some pretty interesting bookends of just this past weekend in WWE. Dusty... Go ahead, take it away. Yeah. Better you than me to try and, and to, <laughs> to decode all this stuff. Oh, I got feelings too. <laughs> <laughs> well, first up, we'll, we'll get the raw story out of the way. Ray Mysterio, 20 year celebration. It was a great moment. He comes out in a modern version of his WCW Halloween Havoc mask from his match with Eddie. Looked like a million bucks. It was updated in just the right way. Had the mohawk and everything, but definite throwback. And Ray gets on the microphone. He starts to talk to us. He was only 14 when he had his first match in Tijuana, and he never imagined that one day he'd be performing in a WWE ring, traveling the world, making money, creating legendary rivalries. 
And Ray talks about how his talent allowed him to break all the stereotypes about what it took to make it in professional wrestling in America, what it took to make it in WWE, what it took to make it to be a world champion. And as a smaller guy who was probably Latino, he became world champion at WrestleMania 22. Then he wants to thank some of his friends like Dean Malenko. He shouts out K-Dog, obviously Conan, very cool, loved the filthy animals, great throwback to that. Batista, Kurt Angle, Edge, and, of course, Eddie Guerrero. Ray said that he loves Eddie and he misses him every day. He wouldn't be here right now where he is today without Eddie. And he knows that Eddie's always watching out over him. He thanked his fans. He thanked his family. Then he hit a Viva La Raza at the end. And what's really cool is as part of the 20th anniversary, he got a huge merchandising push. Yeah. including a signature championship belt, the World Heavyweight Championship, the Big Gold's got the Rey Mysterio belt, like the leather. It is amazing looking. And it may just seem like a money grab. It may not seem like a big deal. But only guys like Cena, Ric Flair, Randy Orton, and The Undertaker get these. Triple H. I mean, unless you're one of these legendary guys you know like stratospheric that special kind of stratospheric legendary guy you don't get one of these championship belts so the fact that they did one for ray shows that they see him as a top level guy in that way and it's just kind of exciting maybe a hint of things to come who's to say but it was only fair that ray should get the win on his 20th anniversary they defeated judgment day But beyond that, this has gone on long enough that Judgment Day just kind of feels like a ship without a rudder. This was the last show Vince McMahon ever wrote, so you know there was some stupid shit. After they (laughs) won the match, they were celebrating in the back. Judgment Day, they had some Patron. Judgment Day show up to wreck the party. Rhea Ripley wearing the I'm Your Poppy shirt. Afterwards, on Raw Talk, Rhea let us know that at SummerSlam, it will be Judgment Day versus the Mysterios. So I guess that's when Edge comes back, and maybe we do get to see that Edge-Mysterios trio. It's looking pretty interesting. SummerSlam this coming weekend, a lot going on. But the big news, last Friday, July the 22nd, Vince McMahon resigned from WWE, left the company, He left his role as creative. He resigned from everything. It turned out there was some financial impropriety that the money that had been leaked out, you know, the payments that had been leaked out, that maybe some of those had been inappropriately taken from company funds rather than Vince's personal funds. And that's the end of Vince. Like, he's gone, ostensibly. That's the story they're giving us is that he's gone. Uh, (laughs) Stephanie has become co-CEO. Yeah, keep going. And Hunter, Triple H, he's head of creative. So if there's anybody that would probably get some advice from Vince or take some advice from Vince that he offered unsolicited, it might be his daughter and son-in-law. Right. How gone Vince is is up in the air. But with Triple H as head of creative, this might be good for Lucha Libre. We saw that the strongest Lucha Libre in WWE that ever happened, aside from Rey Mysterio, happened in NXT. That's where the Lucha Dragons got together. That's where we, you know, saw... um, Well, we saw Andrade. Yeah, Andrade. I mean, we talk about the Cruiserweight Classic as well, you know, some of that, the the origins. I mean, there's a long 
it's a long history. Uh, and, um, well, and yeah, he was responsible for grabbing uh, all the pe- all the uh, parts that are now Legato del Fantasma as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And Angel Garza. You know, I mean, that's where oh, yeah. we oh, really the, got. That's where people in America got their first big taste of Garza. Was in don't NXT. get me started, Dusty. No. Yeah, <laughs> and so now that Triple H is head of creative for the main roster, Shawn mm-hmm. Michaels is in charge at NXT. But he reported to Vince before. Now he reports to Hunter. Hunter. I mean, I don't know that we'll ever see a return to black and gold NXT. But I think that things are going to be interesting across all three brands and i think that finally angel garza had mentioned in an interview that he kept telling them you know umberto and i are cousins we should team up and be a tag team i love this interview yeah yeah for whatever reason when they got to the when he got to the main roster despite being a singles guy in nxt vince saw angel as a tag team guy and so he wanted to bring his cousin up with him he knew they would work well together do you know great work together so it was very cool that they had that but triple h obviously saw the the clear value in angel garza i'm sorry umberto but uh I think it's time for Angel Garza to shove you through the barbershop window. So Yes. Yeah, know. he needs to do the singles <laughs> thing. I mean, we talk all the time about legitimate contenders for world championship. You, you could build Angel Garza up so fast. Oh. He's got the look. He's got the style. We talk about that. I thought I told you not to get me started, Dustin. Yeah, the thing Thunder Rose is missing, that je ne sais quoi, he's got that. He's and he's got so much of it that he doesn't know what to do with it. Like, he's just dripping. Like and, that and that now, interview you were just referencing, he's just standing there answering serious questions, but you're still drawn in by every word he says, just because just looks so yeah. cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's like Lalo kind of from uh, Better Call Saul. He's just got mm, that yeah. thing where you can't take your eyes off of him, and and even when he's playing the bad guy, you you like him. You can't help but like him. <laughs> you know, I mean he. What did they say? Uh, women want to be with him and men want to be want like to be him. him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, and yeah. even in just like a more mid-ground uh, or, or mid-level um, feud for, say, the U.S. Championship or Intercontinental, you know, that right. could be a really good run for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, he doesn't have to be in the main event yet. But, <laughs> you know, but I, I do think going back to what we were talking about with, you know, the possibilities um, of, you know, Triple H in particular looked at wrestling in a different way where he really saw the, the wrestling side of it. Whereas I think, um, you know, the, the his predecessor and previous regime was looking at it from a wider lens of sports entertainment. Now, I think that it's finding the best in both because there is something different about being on the main roster, Raw and SmackDown, compared to NXT. Um, but now there is the possibility of, of more elements of one, hopefully maybe better storytelling or more consistent storytelling or more thorough, whatever it may be, just improvement in storytelling. And I think, too, it's this underestimation of fans, that fans will care about people if you give them something to care about. Yeah. And, you know, if you give them a story or matches or a feud to invest in, I think that there was more of a feeling that was a little bit more of a vapid viewpoint of this person isn't attractive or this person isn't strong, this person isn't tall, this person isn't big, so why would anyone care about them? And 
we especially now live in a time with our forms of entertainment where we're very invested in people's stories. We are now in, Mm -hmm. you know, a huge high, of course, with reality TV. But even when you see the landscape of people, of, you know, actors and actresses, uh, video or, you know, musicians um, and TV shows and movies that have been development, you know, there's a much wider range of representation now and kind of more of a realistic look of people um, because we are now really more invested in stories. And so I think viewing it from that perspective could really lend itself well to some of these wrestlers that we're talking about um, that maybe at one point or another was viewed as maybe not having the right look, but people will get behind you if you have the right personality, uh, you know, or, or something that they can get drawn to, whether you're a face or a heel. So to because we did this earlier when we were talking about Tony Khan, Vince McMahon, the predecessor you didn't want to say, but yeah, uh, he had a type. Well, yeah. It was yeah, very well, clearly established. And, and I'm talking about the full regime too, because well, there has been. And he was he was top to bottom running. He was it. I mean, yes, yes, but even you but, know the the other people that he had in his team, you know, really did follow that lead, or even they had it burned into their head. This yeah, is not yeah. this is not a guy Vince is gonna like, so we're not gonna even engage with it because mm-hmm. why put the effort into elevating an Angel Garza when Vince McMahon is gonna be like he's too short. Uh, you know, and I don't know if that's an actual conversation, but like that's an easy one for me to to think of. Like, why he probably wasn't a singles guy because they probably all went, well, Vince is going to say he's too short. Or I mean, it turns out from other things, interviews that have come up lately, Vince was also slightly racist, so maybe he was too brown. Who yeah. knows? Surprise uh, <laughs> there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but we the thing is, we don't know what Triple H is. Uh, guy looks like maybe he doesn't have a guy maybe Mm -hmm. he he's got that wider perspective as we've gone on about we we know that he likes luchadors yeah i mean yeah he shows he doesn't really have a the guy i mean he just he likes great wrestling i mean that seems to be the you know whoever's the best and has a lot of momentum he's got an eye for talent and who's to say, I mean, Triple H has been gone for a while, too, so much. I mean, there's been a big revamp with NXT. A lot of people have been let go from the company. So I also think there is this uh, way of looking at what the landscape is now and working with what you have. So there yeah. still may be this thought of still continuing to push people that the company had already had their sights on. Well, That may look different yeah. uh, in, in how that goes and how long that is. But that that is also a possibility. So they they have the better part of a year before the TV contracts are up. So currently, that is their biggest source of revenue outside of merchandise being sold on the website is the TV contracts. So they do have to run this the, the that tightrope a little bit. Like they have to continue maintaining the course enough that the networks aren't going to get worried and and change or alter the deal at the end of this yeah so, that's a point that isn't brought up enough that the networks really are going to want to have a lot of say right now because of the shake-up yep so i mean i i'm just trying to emphasize the the, the point that i thought you were getting at miranda just that they 
there there is a certain amount of status quo that is going to have to to remain so uh you know i'm keeping my uh keeping my fingers crossed that that they will do more things the the one thing that's guaranteed <laughs> is that we're not going to get a lot of as many of these start and stop uh pushes we're not going to get the, yeah. the infamous three-week pushes because it turns out that part of the problem with that is vince mcmahon also had a memory issue so like he would just forget that he had spent three weeks pushing a guy and they wouldn't be on the card so we're gonna see less of that for sure regardless so that's my one source of true optimism right there that maybe that means that we will you know how many times did we see that with luchadors over the last like year and a half? Uh, three week, they're doing something good, and I mean Angel Garza twice. Yeah. Uh, just to get me back on that level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you, Miranda. I just, uh, as no. I mentioned at the top of the segment, I got feelings. No, 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 and and I know Dusty was about to uh, go into it as well. Yeah, same thing, really. I agree with you. I mean, like, I I really can't wait to see what happens. They say that Raw was already largely written by Vince. You know, of course, he didn't get to tear it up on Monday like he usually does. And But I think that starting with Dynamite next week's Raw, especially SummerSlam kind of cleans the slate a little for the mm-hmm. year. And so Back I, down. Just, yep. just a, sorry, we, we did oh. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think SummerSlam's where we're going to see the, the authentic beginning of, of tri- what Triple H is doing. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's still, you're still writing ideas, even if he didn't write it. Vince had. Well, we've already seen him remove Seth Rollins from the card. He had, yeah. was going to have a match with, um. With Riddle. Riddle, yeah. Riddle, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of change is already in play. So keep an eye on WWE. We'll have all the news on that and everything else with WWE next week. We're going to jump into this week's. NXT and uh, a few interesting notes. I'm not going to lead us into uh, a big matchup for next week. First, a little bit of background as to, you know, maybe what we haven't covered uh, recently. And that was uh, a moment in last week's NXT where Cora Jade had thrown away her half of the NXT women's tag team titles. Uh, a la Alundra Blaze style. Uh, but you know, with that, WWE always likes to have that opportunity, well, to bring back people. And this week, uh, Roxanne Perez made the announcement along with Alundra Blaze, who brought back the NXT women's tag team titles. They'll never let her live that <laughs> down. Uh, well, she's still getting a check. So. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, it's, it's, get that back. It's a moment that will live in infamy, of course, but, yeah. uh, that there, that Roxanne Perez has released the, uh, tag titles, has relinquished them now that there is no tag titles. Uh, and there will now be a four way tag team match next week to determine the new, uh, and women's NXT tag team champions. Um, that does include the teams, of course, of Toxic Attraction, uh, Caden, uh, oh, uh, 
I'm trying to remember her new name. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Because uh, it's not Casey. Uh, yeah. It's Katana. Yeah, Katana uh, Chance. Yes, Kat- Katana Chance. Uh of course, uh, the very interesting. I'm trying to get all of this uh, together I, as far as the I'm other. Gonna, I'm gonna help you stall for a second, Dusty. Is that uh, is that like Katana the, the Mortal Kombat character, or yes. like Katana yes. the Sword? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it could go either way. Well, but so I one was with an I, and one is with an A. So. Oh, the one with the with A. a. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's the sword. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Go keep going. I was try- I was trying to stall for you there. So. Yes, yes. So we have uh, <laughs> Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley as a team. Katana Chance and Kaden Carter. Of course, the team of Toxic Attraction and Valentina Faroz and Ulyssa Leon as the fourth team. So a very big uh, opportunity for them as they've been a, pretty much a team since they both started. Uh, Ulyssa got her. Uh, uh, no, I think it was Valentina, or was it Yulisa uh, uh, with their their first win on Level Up a few weeks back? But um, I, I do think it's an interesting, you know, mix of teams. And of course, as fans, we all thought this was their way of getting rid of the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships because we had no updates and news on what the main roster Women's Tag Team Championships were happening there, but it does look like they're going to move forward with declaring new champions. So this really could be the chance for Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Uh, but I also see Valentina Perros and Ulisa Leon as, uh, you know, some dark horses in this. Not that they're going to win, but I do think that this does set up now a nice feud as well for whoever wins to have something in place for people to chase the title afterwards. So, um, I, I think that this sets itself up nicely and a very interesting match uh, for next week. We also, this week in your main event, had the Diamond Mind versus the D'Angelo family. As we have seen over the past few weeks, uh, Cruz del Toro um, and um, I don't remember. There's so much talking that we've had today. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Joaquin Wild. Walking Wild and Cruz del Toro, along with Channing Stacks Lorenzo and Tony D'Angelo, uh, all came together to face the Diamond Mine. A very interesting thing that all four of people, the D'Angelo family, are now with the black and gold. So there is some kind of at least minor unity. And we've seen that a little bit, too, in backstage segments now where... Uh, Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde are no longer seeming to resist Tony D'Angelo. And with two dimes out, that actually kind of creates more of this kind of equalness uh, of the four, at least male members. Tony D'Angelo has also been very high on Electra Lopez. Um, so it does seem like there is a blending of families that's happening in this story. Um, a really fun melee breakdown uh, during the match towards the end. Everyone just uh, coming in and there was a four on four uh, breakdown as well towards the middle of the match. Uh, but I really enjoyed watching this four on four match um, with the Diamond Mine really being dominant through a good portion of this. However, there was a miscommunication in the end between the Diamond Mine. Tony D'Angelo took advantage of that and got the pin for the win. Uh, still no word yet on 
Santos and when he will be coming back or if he'll be coming back. It does make this a little interesting with, you know, now Legato seemingly really ingrained with uh, the family and, you know, has his has his La Familia been kind of brainwashed? You know, will he be able to bring them back? Um, and again, that kind of sets up for the big question of what's going to happen with Santos. Where is he going to land? Where will he be? Will he return to NXT? Will he show up on the main roster? We don't know. Um, but make sure to uh, check out NXT for all this. I don't know what your guys' thoughts on either one of these topics in fairness, they were already kind of brainwashed. For those of you who remember, they were kidnapped seemingly by themselves and then showed up working with uh, with Santos. So, you know, maybe they're just easily persuaded these days. I don't know. That could be true. And if that's the case, do you really want those people on your team if they could be easily I, yeah. brainwashed? I don't know. I, well, I mean, it depends on what kind of leader you want to be. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. And I, also, I'm actually looking forward to this because I yeah. we're finally getting some story out of Legato de Fantasma again. Yes. So. Yeah, again too. I mean, it's NXT longest uh, faction, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, but this also again does open the door where you, there wasn't going to be much you could do with Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro if Santos had left. So transitioning them into the D'Angelo family still gives them good structure and ability to grow. While if, you know, the plan is for Santos to end up somewhere else, he can also do that on his own. So, you know, the la- la- main roster, yes, la- main roster. You know, there there could be some hope with that now. Who again? Who knows? There's. I want a year from now to see Santos Escobar and Angel Garza feuding over a main event title. Yeah. Just saying. Yes. Well, and again, <laughs> WWE will be in Mexico in October. So oh, yeah, we didn't know. even talk about that when we were thinking about the future. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, well, we we kind of guessed about it. We kind of talked about it about you know. You know, Angel Garza going on a big run for, you know, a few weeks and to give him some good uh, momentum heading was, into Mexico. That was kind of the WWE as it were sort of way. Yeah, like. no. And that's a, and that's such a it's a really interesting point now, too, with international markets, because that was one of the big things that was pushed um, by Triple H was spreading into uh, the UK talks about oh, yeah? Japan, talks about Mexico. So <laughs> is that all back on the table? We don't know yet. Well, the the way the Mexico movement was originally scheduled uh, or rumored to be set up, that's that's never going to happen. Yeah. They yeah. wanted to buy CMLL, but they didn't want to buy Arena Mexico. And, yeah. And like that's yeah. no. Nah. Yeah. But, but <laughs> never ever going to happen. Also, just kind of branching out into to these international markets. Now, I think too. Again, you have to play it a little safer because we did see what happened when they signed on all you know these people from these international markets, aka India. <laughs> let's let's be fair about this, and and that really didn't go anywhere. So I do think in, in general. WWE is looking at things a little differently when signing talent, international mm-hmm. talent, and kind of how they're going to utilize them. But in the short term, it will be interesting to see, you know, how they're maybe possibly building stars um, for Mexico. And to be fair, though, too, you see the the um, advertisements for Mexico. No big, you know, 
you know, Mexican or Lucha stars on there, you know, they really are relying on their U.S. based stars to help sell. So those well, are still going to be the, the focal point. Except for we might actually get to see a bigger presence out of the Mysterios now. Yeah. Yeah, that I was mean, kind of more that, where I was going with. No, it. and that yeah. I do see that being a, a thing. Um, but again, too, you know, we can have some high hopes about what things are leading into for October. Um, but it does ultimately also look like that they're, they're going to continue to utilize and push their, you know, main stars and just kind of have that be what they mm-hmm. base it off of. So. You Which know. is why I'm I'm leaning more towards we'll see we might see better things from them. That might be, well, I mean it was Ray's anniversary, so of course we're gonna see him win that night. But that might be why he's getting more high high profile again. Is yeah. we'll see because he gets a SummerSlam match now. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I, I'm going to just be cautiously optimistic about it. <laughs> Uh, towards the end of the show, let's move in real quick to Impact Wrestling and a very big announcement about their next special event, Emergence, scheduled for Friday, August 12th. Impact Wrestling has announced that a special attraction Lucha Libre match will be taking place from AAA talent. Bandito will be facing against Ray Oros at Emergence. Um, this is going to mark the debut for both luchadors in Impact. And again, Impact Wrestling has had a pretty long history with AAA. And so to have these two luchadors come um, and have the opportunity to wrestle on Impact. Again, these two were individuals who were more locked in with Ring of Honor. Now that we know how kind of the chips have fallen with Ring of Honor, these two luchadors are free to kind of explore other pathways. And um, this could be a good sign for them, possibly with Impact Wrestling. We did see how well that had worked out for Laredo Kid and him getting signed with Impact. That is something that Impact, uh, you know, is, is a very interesting company where you can have the most silly, random storylines, but also some of the best wrestling. So they, I think they did that, uh, of recent weeks or uh, recent months. They have done things in Bandito's gym for Big mm-hmm. Lucha as well. So they uh, will... They will have that kind of magic of a, of two people who work together a lot for yeah. this match. So it could very well be a show stealer, which yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it is. But. Yes. So uh, uh, Impact Emergence, again, scheduled for August uh, 12th. Uh, Taya and uh, Valkyrie and Rosemary are also going to be defending the uh, Knockouts Tag Team titles against Deanna Parasso and Chelsea Green. Uh, so that has also been scheduled. But again, the big news from Impact Wrestling um, that Bandito and Ray Oris are going to be making their Impact debuts at Emergence in a one-on-one match. But as I mentioned, Laredo Kid, a fun note on this week's Impact Wrestling, Laredo Kid teamed up with Trey Miguel to face Johnny Swinger and Ziggy Dice. I don't have match information as of right now uh, since we've been recording, uh, but please make sure to check out uh, this week's Impact Wrestling to see that interesting team. Laredo Kid and Trey Miguel, very similar as far as style and high flying. Um, so I think they would make a really great team. Very interested to see how that worked out with some of the more comedy matters of Johnny Swinger and Ziggy Dice. <laughs> uh, well, Ziggy, 
Ziggy is actually a really good, I've seen him base for the luchadors in the area. Yes. He's, he's really good at, yeah. uh, he's not just a comedy wrestler. He's, he's very technically sound. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of good wrestling and comedy spots. I, I guarantee this will be a fun match. And last but not least, a very quick plug for a promotion we haven't talked about in a while. NWA. And on Power last week, uh, they had two Lucha-based matches or Lucha-adjacent matches uh, that you should check out. The first match was a triple threat match, Taya Valkyrie versus Maxi Impaler versus Ella Envy. Uh, Max won uh, by pinning Ella, leaving kind of Taya open uh, for, you know, to, to kind of keep some good momentum, but still a great way to kind of put over some of their other uh, women on the roster. There was also a match between the OGK and La Rebellion that ended in a no contest after all hell broke loose. Um, so two Lucha matches um, or Lucha adjacent matches on last week's episode of Power. And on this week's episode, Taya Valkyrie defeated Kai, uh, Kylan Kim uh, to win or uh, to become the number one contender for the NWA World Women's Championship. And it has been announced that Taya will be facing uh, Camille on the first night of NWA 74. And for those of you who have heard or seen Taya out and about the last few months, she has been collecting belts all over the place. And so this leads into a very interesting match into NWA 74. Um, who knows? She may have more belts by the time she hits NWA 74, maybe specifically the Pro Wrestling Revolution Women's Championship that she may end up winning this Saturday uh, in Santa Rosa. So this could be just one more belt to add to her collection, uh, but also a very big milestone for uh, Taya to be facing Camille in uh, the for the Women's World Championship. Taya is very much unstoppable now, and we will continue to wait in braided Beth, uh, you know, what she does next, where she goes, and what she ends up winning. <laughs> and that's it for this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can check out Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. You can also check out Lucha Central's YouTube page that has all the archives of the Lucha Central weekly podcast, as well as clips from Expo Lucha, uh, matches, interviews, and exclusive content that you can't find anywhere else. With that, though, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Uh, yes, I'm 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the number, 321 T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram, and I'm all over the Twitters. 
and me, Miranda Morales. You can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. That's why you go follow the other guys or follow Lucha Central on Twitter because that's just not me. But please make sure to reach out to us if you are a independent wrestler, uh, independent promoter, a fan, uh, you know, an answer, whatever you may be. And you would like to uh, give us some information about a Lucha Libre promotion or match. Please reach out to us on social media so that we can include it on a future edition of the Indie Roundup. We all support independent wrestling and would love to be able to talk more about different promotions throughout the United States that either highlight Lucha Doors, have Lucha Libre matches, is a whole Lucha promotion, whatever it may be. We definitely want to bring Lucha Libre to the masses, and we do that by sharing what is literally, hopefully not literally, but just right in your backyard. Um, not not literally in your backyard. That's That's a whole other a uh, topic for a whole other day, but uh, some people have rings in their backyard. Some people have rings in their backyard. No, no shame to them. Uh, but, but we <laughs> really support properly trained, high, high production uh, lucha libre shows. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that are just not in people's backyards. That's all. That's all. They could they could train in the backyard. Totally understand that. Just just don't run a show in your backyard. For safety reasons, uh, but yes, but please like reach South out Park. to us. Yes, just like South Park, and that's how it starts. <laughs> um, but please make sure to reach out to us. Please make sure to uh, go and check out Lucha Central. If you are listening to this show on your favorite podcast streaming platform like iTunes, Google, Spotify, or more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get a notification. Each and every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops, you can leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what you think of the show, things to talk about, things not to talk about. If you agree, disagree, whatever it may be, make sure you let us know. Reach out to us on social media or leave us some feedback wherever you listen to this show. Thank you guys all so much again for listening to this week's episode. We will be back with you next week. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much, and we'll catch you next time. 